Welcome to the Business Launch Podcast. Join us as we get up close and personal with savvy entrepreneurs. Let's explore their business journey and how they navigated challenges and reached their goals. I'm your host, Carlos Simonio. Hey everyone, it's Carlo here from the Business Launch Podcast. I am really excited to have my guest today. He, I've worked for him and he's actually a good friend of mine and he's really great person. It's see Sensei Josh Marks. He's, he's had a really good business here at my area at Hornsby and doing really well, really with the actual community itself. Welcome Sensei Josh. Thank you so much for having me, Carlo. It's great to see you again. Yes. And, um, yeah, just an absolute privilege to get a chance to have a chat to you today. Yeah, it's been um, years to actually... Is it years? No. <laughs> yeah, months. it would be because of COVID. <laughs> I think it'll be close, yeah. yeah. Maybe close to a year now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I was working for Sensei Josh just before COVID, the last COVID hit. And it's been, it's one of my best experience working with him and the team oh, at, at BBMA Hornsby. Since what's, tell us a bit about your background, where you grew up. Sure. I grew up in the Hunter Valley in a town called Musselbrook and lived there until I was probably about 12, 13 years of age. That's when I first started martial arts as well, which is of course my sort of vocation now. And um, yeah, so I grew up in the Hunter Valley and then ended up moving to Singleton for about a year. And then after that, moved to the Central Coast in Gosford. Yeah, just lived a, a pretty stock standard life. I went to school just like most other people, but uh, martial arts has always been a big part of my life as well. From about the age of 11, I was picked on and bullied a lot at school. And that's what kind of started everything as, a, as like the catalyst for getting it all to happen. Yeah. And uh, of course, it took over many other aspects of my life as well. And that's where it all began. Yeah. yeah. Before you started business, what were you doing as a when you first started your working career? So when I left high school, I was unsure about what I wanted to do. So I got a job in a coffee shop, worked there for probably, I don't know, up to about five years, I think it was close to. I ended up doing a, a sort of course to get into uni, went to the University of Sydney for about a year, was studying psychology and like science, like doing a double degree in both those two areas. And then I ended up being running into one of my martial arts teachers who said that she had a job going and asked me why I was still in the coffee shop, still working there when I could be doing something so much more interesting. So funnily enough, I jumped across and started like working there for that school at the time and then decided to stop uni and just put that on hold, I thought, because I was enjoying it so much and thought while I was young, I might as well throw myself into a arena yeah. and, uh, and it really did turn into being a real life passion and yeah, that, that was, I worked for them for a while and then eventually decided that I'd like to own my own school and worked with Liz Marla, my master teacher, um, on developing a, a sort of a school under her sort of branding, Black Belt Martial Arts. Yep. And uh, we opened that in Hornsby a few years later. So I had a, a brief stint working in construction to save cash for the business in the first yep. place too. So I think I worked for about four years with the, in, in that industry. And then it's been basically martial arts school since. So I think we started in 2013. Yeah, 2013. I uh, know. So yeah, 2013. Yeah. Yes. So I remember those days. Yeah, that's right. Hall. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Small beginnings. Yeah. Small beginnings, and it's evolved ever since. Yeah. In terms of before you started owning, how long were you doing both construction and working at the same time, starting your own business? 
Yeah, I took a structured approach to jumping into the school owner sort of space. So I started part-time a few nights a week and would work full-time and then in the evenings jump across to a school hall essentially to teach. And then just slowly as the student base increased, we just added an extra day. And then after we added the extra day, then it got to a crunch point where I had to make the decision, do I want to launch full-time or do I want to keep it sort of part-time? Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, we've had a few venues since and with each venue increase, we've dramatically increased our student base. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really great community, great teachers. Sensei Josh and Sensei Jordan over there. That's right. Yeah. They're doing a really good job with even adult classes and the kids' classes. You guys should go check it out for those people living at Hornsby. What were the big wins early on that made you realize that your your business is going to work for you? I know it was a balancing act at one stage. It's really interesting, actually. There's lots of different ways that you can approach starting a martial arts school. And I went, as I said, the part-time route, like the satellite school route. And that was with a lot of talking with my master teacher about it. And that's how she started back in the 80s. And uh, I thought this was a good thing to do. But one thing that sticks out, I went to an industry, martial arts industry conference a weekend thing once. And I spoke to a, a quite a prolific martial arts teacher named Fred De Palma, who owns martial arts schools in America, very successful ones as well. And I spoke to him and I said, what would, what's the biggest piece of advice I could take on board as, a, as a, someone who wanted to do part-time martial arts at first? Like, what's the big piece of advice? And he said, don't do it. He actually said part-time will get part-time results, full-time will get full-time results. And um, the reason I bring that up is because at the time I thought, I'm not going to do that. I gotta, I'm not going to, I'm not willing to make that big commitment yet. And I'll get there when I get there. But his words really ring true to me now in that as soon as I launched and went full time and had a proper venue, even though it was a little small place, it just changed my mentality. And you go from having so many different areas and that you're focusing on here, there and everywhere. And it really allowed me to focus on my business. And, uh, and that was the first really big success. And the, so that early big win of kind of going, oh, he's right. When you dedicate yourself 100% to something, that's where you really reap the rewards of it. That's what I noticed. And so I think that was solidified when we then moved venue because we capped that we could only get so many people back in that small space to start with. And when we moved to a new facility, it was three times the rent and we needed yeah. to double the student base within a certain time. And that became a new catalyst again for being able to jump up to that next level. And we then mirrored the same thing. What was that four years ago to a brand new facility again? And that, that was a, the big jump for us. That, that's where we went from just being a sort of a martial arts school to a, one that's pretty prolific in the area. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's one of the biggest, if not. Yeah, I think one. I was just going to say at our height, each one of those jumps, we went from about 40 students, then we went to about 130 students, then that went to about 200 and probably 260 students. And then now we're sitting at about four, I think about 470 people at the moment. Yeah. And of course, COVID had a bit of an impact on that too, yeah. but we're back to sort of booming again. Yeah. Yes. It's, I think a lot of business I've spoken to had a lot of problems with COVID. Like a lot of their business got shut down or yeah. didn't know if they were going to survive or not. Yeah, it was very um, scary. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side, uh, Sensei, what events happened where you weren't so sure? Um, yeah, so COVID smashed us. COVID, like, obviously scared everybody in the in sort of our industry. And um, we were lucky to have developed really good relationships with our clients and with our students. And so because of that, we had a large proportion of them to continue to support the school. We were very quick on our feet and went straight to online classes. And we were offering above and beyond what I think most places provided. It was like 24-7 martial arts classes online. We really tried to keep our student base engaged, but those were scary times. 
And so when you just watch something that you've built for six years or seven years and you've sacrificed so much for just like literally slipping through your fingers and all of the people who seem to be so supportive or so nice to you, they started to become really fearful as well. And because they were so fearful, we got to see the, the worst part of those people as well. Like they were abrupt and they were sharp and we were getting hundreds of emails a day asking questions about this and what we're going to do about that. And so it turned into a pretty, pretty full on time where there was lots of correspondence and we were just working harder than we've ever worked just to be able to maintain the best service we possibly could. And uh, that was really tricky because we really started to question, like, are we making the right decision here? Because so many people were hurting, so many people were losing their jobs, so many people were in isolation from their friends and family. And so that was tricky. And because we're big heart first people, Carlo, we're all very soft hearted. We care a lot about our students. It was that was probably the toughest thing to, to deal with is just being that uh, exposed to all of those emotions firsthand. Yeah. yeah. It was, I know how you and Cynthia work and how much you give to your students or your clients. And I've seen it firsthand. You, to all your employees as well, you actually did whatever you can to make sure that everyone was treated well. So everyone was equal and everyone, you gave a time of day for even your students, even hard, hard <laughs> students. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably a good point that you bring it up too. Another, just a, a bit of a gem for a piece of advice that I'd give would be definitely look after your staff. I think as a business owner, if you invest in your staff and they're happy, then they'll have a much better uh, chance of doing a good job. And so if they're happy and they're doing a good job and the customers or your clientele definitely feel it. And so for us, that was very quickly introduced to that concept of actually the customer's not always right. Sometimes you have to invest in your staff as the primary thing. And then what happens is the customer base that does come to you are the people that like your staff. They're the people that appreciate your staff. And if they're at their best, then, you know, much better off than trying to, you know, constantly push your staff all the time. Right. Yeah. Next, it's it's something that you and the team live by, and I think it's just why your business is growing still. To after all the three, how many COVIDs? Uh, like been, over like two, three, three years or something. Yeah. That's right. Three lockdowns. Yeah, <laughs> three lockdowns. But with all the hard work, we you, you were able to maintain the the clientele that you've had and the members that you've had yeah. because of just the passion that the group have. Has had. We're also very lucky in that because we're part of a group, as I mentioned before, my, my martial arts, like master teacher, she and all the other school owners that are affiliated with the Black Belt Martial Arts brand really came together as well. So not only do I have wonderful students and good staff members and a great business partner, I also have a broader uh, community too. And so we all knuckled down together and did what we could. And out of that, has come some really wonderful things, including like online training portals and very competent sort of Zoom skills and online teaching skills. So we all came together really well with that. And I think that was the other huge win for me is that I had a support cast with, which is not just my staff and my business partners, but also other peers in the industry and mentors in the industry too. Yeah. What makes your business, your martial arts business different what makes it stand out compared to other competitors? Look, the martial arts world is really broad, right? You can have full contact martial arts schools. You can have jujitsu and grappling schools. You can have striking schools. You can have people that are, and people are looking for different things, right? So for us, we just want a clear message. And I think that clear message of what we care about is what separates us from a lot of other people in that we don't try to cater for everybody. 
we're quite upfront in the first place and say that what we care most about is the transformational value of the business itself. Oh, sorry, of the, the service that we provide and that we believe that karate black belts or kickboxing black belts can community changes. And, uh, and what you go through as an individual will have this impact on your social life, will have an impact on your family life, your, your community around you. And so we really are passionate about trying to be the best we can be, encouraging and supporting people to be the best they can be, and then challenging each other to, to continue to grow and improve. And, you know, that kind of messaging, I think, and that focus for us just distills the population of people who are interested in that stuff. Mm. And so we could choose to go competitive. We could choose to go into all of these different arenas for competition or tournaments or all of these other things. But for us, really, I think the thing that separates us in our community and in that Hornsby area is just that our focus is on improving as human beings yeah. and trying to help young kids to be able to be the best they can or the, the adult mum who's newly widowed to get some confidence back in her life and community around to her help and support her. So that's really where our big focus is. And it's not all about the kicking and punching, right? No. And, that's a, and that's a line that we use all the time. For, it's about like constant, never any improvement and really looking at yourself. And I don't think there's a sport or another activity you can really do that's as confronting as fighting as Carlo. So yeah. when someone's punching and kicking you, it's hard to be your best. Yeah. And so you get to know yourself on a level that's quite revealing and that allows for us to, to grow. And that, yeah. that that's the mentality and the focus that really, I think, separates us. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, you can actually tell with the students because I've worked for you. I've, I know who your students are and the people that's in that community and it's still growing and all the black belts that's risen to what they are now and the people that they have they've changed you're changing a lot of lives that way as well what motivates you daily so it's interesting i think it changes i think it really does change and i think it needs to evolve as like you as an individual evolves too but the big things is just the people when you walk into the school and you're you, you turn the lights on you're preparing your class plans and you're talking to stuff and you're getting everyone together that's when those first kids walk in the door and they're like hi sensei it's there it is <laughs> it's whether the person who sits down and have a chat to you after the class and just goes you know what i had a miserable day today it was just it was terrible my my family there was this drama or i got laid off at work or whatever it is and we having that person say to you i came here feeling crap and now i'm leaving today feeling i've got a complete state change and that's really getting that little bit of feedback or even talking to someone like yourself carlo who's yeah. just been so lovely and supportive when you hear about our little wins that that really fuels the fire for me to keep going and to keep investing and it doesn't matter how hard the days get and how long yeah. the days get as a business owner it just reassures me and makes me go yep that's the path that's the right way to go yeah yeah it's just the feeling of being able to help and yeah. knowing that your students or your actual clients are happy yeah. and improving as people as well. That's right. I guess the other thing too, though, is I read recently a sort of an article on how motivation doesn't really exist. And that, and that it's, it's something that we fool ourselves about. And it was quite thought provoking too, because I think there is an element of truth to that in that you're not always going to want to do it. You're not always going to be able to just motivate yourself. And I think there has to be a moment where you just make a decision to go, no, I'd have to put one foot in front of the other. I have to grind today and I might not see the benefit today, but it will come. And I'm going to trust in the process, trust in myself, trust in my team and pull together and just put one foot in front of the other and create yeah. some. And, and that grinding is an essential yeah. thing for all business owners, I believe. Yeah. I think it, it just shows with the community that you have anyway, growing up or even in business, who are your influences? Oh, that's everybody. 
The answer is everybody. Honestly, I don't think there's a single person in this world who you should disregard. And it's, it's one thing I've learned is that they're the most humble, quiet spoken person is sometimes the most astute, right? And uh, well, regularly is the most astute, funnily enough. But no, I believe in trying to um, make sure that you surround yourself with people who are your peers, people that you respect, who are on the same journey as you, people who, you know, you, you can bounce ideas off who are pushing or aspiring to be what you're aspiring to be. And then making sure you have a few mentors out there as well. And then for me, the biggest mentor would be my martial arts teacher, like Ms. Marla and her partner, Liam Worthington. They are definitely huge inspirations for me. But as well as that too, my business partner, um, Anne Russell, she's an amazing individual. I'm lucky to have I don't know, entered into a, a business partnership with her because she inspires me daily and definitely influences me for the positive. She comes from a corporate background and I think the lessons that she's learned in her sort of HR days and management days have been something that I just am so thankful for having <laughs> and it's given me a real head start. And so I think those people in combination have just been super, super powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm also a big reader, right? So I'm always reading like books and things in the background. And of course, as your Jocko Willich and all of these people who have written all of these different things or public speakers like Gary Vee or I've really jumped around the place and read lots of different things. And they're, of course, inspirational in their own right. But I think the meaningful connections, the people that I've seen who have done it before, the people who have actually achieved what I want to do and living the life that I want to live are the people that I try and model myself on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Kyoshi and Sensei Anne, the great people. Great. Yeah great inspiration for me as well so they've they've changed a lot of lives (laughs) they they both definitely have and they're just so kind-hearted right and so every time when I find it hard to be that that thoughtful kind person I always think of people like that and just go yeah look that's who you want to be that's the person you want to aspire to be like and that's that's what I go with yeah yeah going forward Sensei Josh what big goals do you have for BBMA Hornsby for the next three to 10 years? That's an interesting time frame for us, like in the very, very short term where we're spending a lot of time and effort on team building at the moment. One thing about our sort of specific style of martial art is that we have to create our team. We can't just hire from the open market and say, hey, look, does anyone out there trained in Shotokan karate, familiar with our programs, these self-defense systems, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. It's quite difficult. And so for us, we have to create and make and provide the sort of room to, to build our bench. And so we're going to be spending probably the next, definitely the next 10 years continuing to do this because we know that it's that kind of a long process to be able to do it because the little kid who walks in who's 12 years old at the moment will be 22 eventually. And when he is 22, he might be a gun teacher. And so for us, we want to invest in those people, continue building them. And that's what we're, we're spending a lot of time. We've got, I think, five or six teams who are on our books at the moment, just as casual staff. And even though they they are new to this kind of this sort of environment. We're working hard with them and creating a really positive little community there where they can grow together. And I don't doubt for a second that'll pay big dividends for like myself and our business in probably about three years, funnily enough. Yeah. I think that'd be a kind of a magical time. And for me, that's an important part too, is I spend a lot of time in the business and it's hard because you need to spend time on the business, right? right? So if you think when you start a business, especially in martial arts, you're going to be teaching everything, you're going to be doing this and that. And it's just, unfortunately, there's so many other parts of being a business owner that are just different to that, right? I think if you get caught in that, that low level there, it can be really difficult to actually help your business grow. And for us, we know that the growth will happen as a team. 
And uh, we'll get to a level probably very soon, probably within the next year where we don't want to grow too much more. I know that's probably a bit weird to say, but we want to get our margins right so that we're living comfortably, that we're living well, of course, and that we can provide for the team we currently have. But we know we're going to have to build the team up first before we can look to really, truly expand our timetables above and beyond 500 students. So for me, I'd like to get to about 550. I'd be pretty happy with 550 students. I think that's a sort of a comfort, comfortable place for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then just keep training keep and working with our team. I know you guys have got a good leadership program over the leadership and you can see from teens like Sensei Jordan who started as a as a kid now 20 plus maybe 10 15 years now working full-time as a full-time martial artist it's just a leadership training yeah. And again, I'm lucky because he started in my master teacher's school, right? So he was a student in that arena and I knew of him as a kid, of course. And when he got his black belt, I was there for it and part of the sort of those black belt gradings and stuff too. But, uh, but yeah, I got very lucky to uh, get to know him, for him to jump on board with us. And it's just been such a wonderful journey to, to have him and to be able to support him and watch him grow and help him grow. And we're good mates now as well too, which is awesome. Yeah. What's your top three advice for aspiring martial artists, entrepreneur, and business owners? Top three pieces of advice. Actually, probably what I was saying before too, make sure that you have, I saw a TED talk on this once. I think it's a wonderful piece of advice. Make sure you have mentors who have been there, done that, and make sure you pick the best ones. Go out of your way to to find mentors in your life who have done what you'd like to do, who are excellent in their field. The next one is to make sure that you surround yourself with people that are going in the same direction as you. And I think that's, just massive because the biggest influences in our life is our environment, right? And so who you spend time around is what you're going to end up like. And I talk to the kids about it, of course, if you spend time with drug addicts, you'll end up a drug addict, but it's much more profound than that. And for me, the big success was in finding like my people and those people who have the same values, the same core beliefs, the same principles that they live by. These people are supportive. And so when I go, oh, I've got a great idea, they don't shut me down or they don't steal the idea or they don't do those things. Like, yeah, so why haven't you done it yet, huh? And so they're the kind of people that will push and help that to actually happen. And the last part is that that sort of little trio there is to make sure you have students and people you're passing it on to as well because the satisfaction you get with leaving a great legacy behind you that sort of i don't know if you're uh, selfish like giving is a big thing because you feel so good when you give things to people and so i think having students is important too so that's why i love martial arts so much is because those three things exist and so if they are people who are living by these wonderful principles then you got that. You've got your master teacher above you. You've got you're the people who train by your side and then you're the people you teach. And that's just such a wonderful self-fulfilling thing. And I think if in any business, it doesn't matter if I was a martial arts teacher or whether or not I decided to go to a jaunt in some other field, I think I would still maintain and keep those, though that framework there in my life. I'd go out and find the best. I'd train with people, but I'd learn with and surround myself by people that want to be there and make sure that I pass it on as well. Because just that process solidifies my knowledge yeah. as well. That's probably the big one. Another, always read, always, always throw yourself into some form of learning and never believe that you know everything because the moment you think you know everything, there's somebody else who's moving past you. And so I think staying humble and I started martial arts teaching when I was young. And so because of that, I was always hearing from people like, yeah, you're young, yeah, you're young. And I thought to myself, like, it was grading. It's kind of, but then I know what I'm talking about. I know these things, I've done this stuff. But now looking back 10 years later, I do think to myself, oh yeah, I was young. 
And, uh, and so I think just stay humble and always listen. And I do, I think that's such a big thing has always be listening, always reading, always challenging what your sort of paradigms are because they can be really limiting sometimes too. Yeah, yeah I'd say that's probably my biggest, you know, tips or piece of advice. Yeah, it's really great tips to, to first starting martial artists or entrepreneur or business owner. I think you can put them in whatever work you want to do. And I think that can flow and transfer to whatever you're trying to achieve. How do you, I know you've talked about legacies. How do you want to impact the world and what kind of legacy do you want to have? We talk about this idea of changing our communities one black belt at a time. We really believe it. And so I think having being a sort of linchpin in the community and being a place where people know that they can send their kids or that they could join that's going to have a positive impact is big. For us, I we try and do a little bit of charity work as well. And it's and we offer women's self-defense seminars or bully buster seminars to the community. Last month I jumped on board. I don't know if you've heard of it. There's a it's called the Polished Man campaign, which yes, is I about yeah, violence against women. And it's all about sort of men stepping up and being representative to say, hey, it's not okay. And I'm going to stand up and speak about this topic. And so that was great. We, I think I raised like $1,250 or something for that, which was cool. And we're doing a, we're doing a fundraiser at the moment at the school for a share the dignity. Like it's in the bag is the sort of little hashtag that they go by. But the idea is to fill bags for people for Christmas, things to be able to help like homeless women just have a little bit of dignity. So it's everything just, it's such a powerful thing. And so for us, we want to encourage our student base as well as the people that are associated with us to step out of their comfort zones and do good things for other people. And I think that's the kind of legacy we really want to leave is just one that's positive on our community and one that helps the community come together, especially after COVID, right? It's so divided. It's so divided right now and people really are still feeling it and still struggling. And there's a disconnect that's going on with them and their communities at the moment. And for us, we want to just help empower people to get back into that and to, yeah, make a difference. It's a legacy that's already starting to make an impact already in in the community of the Hornsby Shire and all throughout the Central Coast that I've seen from the Black Belt Martial Arts community itself. Fun question, and you've already talked about books and reading. If you could recommend one book for all our listeners, what should they read? It's a nasty question, Carlo, (laughs) because as I said, like I've read a a fair few books, but I could recommend so many different genres of books. Because look, because it's a business podcast, I think one of the best books that I read, I I read a series of books, actually, like one after another that just were really super powerful. But the the big catalyst in them all, the biggest one that I found was wonderful was Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a wonderful book. I would, I'd recommend it to everybody. I think it's one of the most powerful things I've ever read. And that's going for somebody who's read like a lot of books. And uh, it's, he takes you through simple steps to help create like change in your life. And he looks at habits and how to create them and how to set them up and ways that you can like create big change in your life. Because generally speaking, your habits are the lead you in certain directions, don't they? And the thing that is constant in your life, just like your environment is just so powerful. And so I think that book was a game changer that really helped me to create the change in my life that I'd need to and bounce back from adversity as well. And it's something that just, I don't know, it never ceases to 
have an impact on the people that read it. So that's a big one. And I think it's good for business owners because you can apply it to whatever industry you're from and set yourself up. You just might need to be a little bit creative, right? Yeah. I will have to go buy that book. I'll get it on on Audible as well. Yeah. It's it's something that I need to do to change a few habits of mine as well. So it will be the perfect book for me. If the listeners wanted to touch base with you or wanted to get an advice with you, or even want to go start using BBMA, Hornsby, or the BBMA family, how can they reach you? They can reach us just by Googling like Black Belt Martial Arts Hornsby. You'll, you'll come up to our website. It's got like our email address. It's got our phone number. You can give me a call or you can give us a, a, a if you flick us an email, very happy to obviously have a chat and see if we can help each other out. But yeah, the our email address at the moment is hello at bbmahornsby.com.au. So that's a pretty simple one to remember, but that's probably the easiest way. And we do get a lot of emails, like a lot of emails on a daily basis, but, but we will get there if you do reach out and send us an email we'll definitely get back to you yes um, i know that email very well <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so what i'll put that on the show notes and make sure that we champion bbma hornsby here at launch podcast any last words just thank you so much for having me carlo it's so good to hear your voice so good to catch up with you as well i really pre- appreciate it and look all the best with the podcast too i just hope it goes so well i know you're a, a gifted talented loving guy and i just wish you all the best as you chase chase this and follow it through yeah thank you so much sensei josh Thank you for your time. I know that you're very strapped for time. (laughs) And (laughs) and hope hope to catch up soon. And and Yeah, we'll have to shoot some hoops sometime too. That's right. Yeah, for sure. That's right. (laughs) Our team is missing you. So Uh, we would love to have you back once all the injuries are all gone. Sounds good. Thank you again, (laughs) Sensei. You're welcome. um, And I will speak to you very soon. Sounds good, bud. I'll talk to you this soon. Have a great day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Business Launch Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes and come and visit our website at businesslaunch.agency. Thank you and have a great day.